we want to at this time release flip 180 if you guys are going back to your class or are they staying slip 180 staying or going Chris points they are going flip 180 if you have a fourth through seventh grade you guys can be released Is that okay? and we're going to release Shelly to preach the Word of God Shelly had a message two weeks ago on codependency and she did not have the opportunity to finish it and we are okay with uh, her finishing it amen and I really want to challenge you guys to, um, I read over her notes and looked at it, and um, even what we did the Lord, we did this morning in praising God, Joey. she's going to talk about today about how we, we give our power away. And she's going to be talking about in relationships, but we also give our power away in circumstances. Mm-hmm. And when a circumstance comes our way, we, we be, fall victim and we become codependent and we fall into this panic mode instead of trusting God that God knows the beginning from the end. Can I have an amen on that? So we lose our job. Oh, no big deal. God's got it covered. But what do we typically do? We freak out and we give our power away. And she's going to talk about some of that. So let's just bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. You ready? I'm ready. And she's not giving her power away today even though her mom's in the hospital. That's right. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Shelly. And I thank you for your word. I thank you for the work you've done in her heart with this message. You've taken her through some valleys and some low places, and you've developed a word inside of her concerning freedom. And so, Father, today, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the journey that she has faithfully been going through to to surrender to you in this message. But, Father, I pray today that you would give her that sweet anointing that breaks the yoke, that sweet anointing that gives the joy in preaching and declaring your word, that, God, you would anoint her with freedom today just to allow what is inside of her to come out. The journey you've taken her through, help it to help all of us take our power back today. So, Father, we receive from her. We thank you for her, and we just bless her in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... Man, bless you, girl. Thank you. What? All right, I'll get somebody else. Okay, so we're just going to get right into it because I have a lot to cover today. And this morning I realized that I'm probably not going to even cover all of it. I have 10 pages of notes. We're not going to cover that. I was really zealous. I'm thinking, hey, let's just solve our problem, you know, like in 40 minutes and we'll be done and we'll be out of here. Uh, I think it's going to take a little bit longer than that. The Lord literally told me that I need to back the train up a little bit. So we're going to do that today. And if you would allow me to obey the Holy Spirit, there were some things that I was going to fly past, you know, just quickly hit on. But I can tell that the Lord is really putting his thumb on it. So bear with me as we do that. Um, but I am, I'm going to need Gage and Mason, will you come up too? I just need two object lesson people. Um, today, um, we're going to have a great big giant object lesson because a picture is worth a thousand words. Two big giant objects. Okay, so 
Two weeks ago, I know we haven't forgotten. Some of you may not have been here, but I promise you will catch up. Um, you're not going to miss much. I will review, but I'm not going to review till later. But how many of you spent the last two weeks analyzing and putting people in their proper role as victim, rescuer, or bad guy? How, did everybody do that? You, you went, oh, I know what I am. I'm the victim. You're the bad guy, you know. And, um, okay, so that's good. That was really kind of what I... Uh, what I was looking for was that we want to recognize, we want to recognize when we fall into those patterns. Um, but, but one of the things that, that this is where I need to back it up is, and I, and I hit it last week or two weeks ago, but we're going to hit it really hard today, is, is why do we fall into those roles? What is the purpose of us playing the victim? Why do we want to get into the rescuer role? What caused that in the first place? And it's when we can back that train up to realize, why did I do this in the first place so that we can get freedom? And it comes from the lie of being powerless. Um, there is, it is just, I, I think everybody goes through a, a time in their life when, when they have been powerless. And I'm going to get more into it in a little bit. But, but that is what we're going to hit on today is, is the lie of powerlessness and what God says about that. Okay, are we cool with that? Okay, so a couple of things that I want to say before we get into this. Um, one, if you realized two weeks ago that you are raising victim children, if you're like, ooh, yeah, I have children that are victims, you need to take the love and logic class that Tom is offering. Write that down right now. Write it down. I'm raising victim children. I need to take the love and logic class. Okay, that's a side note. Um, How many of you left here feeling like there was part of your identity that was stripped from you? Like, well, who am I if I'm not rescuing people? Who am I if I'm not fixing people's problems? Who am I if I'm not always the one who's in trouble or in chaos? You know, there, there comes a time when our identity is wrapped up in these roles. But again, we're backing up the train. I promise I'll get there. The object lesson. Mason and Gage, please stand up. And get up on the stage so they can see you because you're apparently not tall enough. Um, <laughs> um, this is a very simple concept. And the Lord showed me this a few weeks ago. I mean, this is so simple that it's, you're going to be like, that's really simple. But once I got a picture of it in my mind is when it became living and breathing to me. And now I can, I, I promise this is going to help you. It's very simple, but it's going to help you. Okay, let's turn on the PowerPoint, and we are going to start with our first scripture. Are we ready? I don't know what I aim this at up here. Is it on? My side button is on. There we go. Okay, 1 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. God gives us these gifts. Okay, we're actually born with them, but I don't think it's awakened until the Spirit of God comes inside of us. But we are given these gifts of power, self-control, love, and freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We have been given these precious gifts from the Lord, and I have it all gift-wrapped just like this. Mason, you have been given the gift of power, 
of self-control, of love, and of freedom. Gage, you have also been given this same gift. Now, this is the part where the Lord wanted me to go a little deeper. Is, what does it mean to the power? What does that mean? It actually means, hold on, I looked it up somewhere and I took a picture of it. Okay, it's, the Greek word is dunamai or dunamis. It means miraculous power, might, and strength. Okay, it is um, the power to achieve. Okay, it is might, power, marvelous works, physical power, force, might, ability, energy, powerful deeds. That's what the word power means. Love is agape, meaning the the love from God, and then self-control in the Greek means (laughs) self-control. So when this says that God gave us a spirit of power, love, self-control, and then we also have freedom when the spirit of the Lord is in us, we also have freedom, which that means freedom. So We're given these gifts by God. We are born with these gifts. We are born with the ability to to think clearly, to control ourselves. Let's start with self-control. We are born with the ability to control ourselves, self-control, to manage ourselves. We were born with the ability to manage our freedom. We were born with the ability, and we were given it by God to do miraculous works to think outside the box, to do God's will through us. These are the things that we have been given. That's the spirit that God gave us. We were born with it. We're not awakened to it, I think, until the spirit of God comes in us. But um, we were given that. So basically, Mason and Gage have been given these gifts, okay? Now, along with those gifts, we've also, when we receive the Lord as our Savior, and the Spirit of God comes in us, the Holy Spirit, uh, we are also given the gifts of um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Cut them out of order. But we are given those gifts as well. And, but how many of us really walk around managing those gifts well? Okay, so, right, hand raise, anybody, come on. Yeah, (laughs) of course. So if we're not managing those well, then there is a problem. There is a problem with what we believe about about the gifts that God has given us. There is a problem with, with this. The problem isn't with the gift. The gift is there, okay? It is there. The problem is with our belief of it. Okay, now, self-control. God does not control us. He doesn't. When people say God is in control, he is in control, but he's not in control of you. You are. That is a gift from God. That was a gift from him. 
we have the freedom to choose God or to not choose God. He does not make us love him. Listen, you guys, this is important because God does not make us love him at all. And it is apparent in Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were placed in the garden and they loved God and they wanted to obey him, but he doesn't even make us obey him. I mean, they bombed it like on day eight. Seriously. And it was a big risk. It was a risk for God to give us self-management, for God to give us self-control, for God to give us our own freedom to choose him. It was risky because, first of all, we may not choose him. And second of all, we may end up choosing our freedom to violate somebody else's freedom. And that's tough. And that's a big deal. But God, it was a risk. But listen, God took it anyway. Do you know why? Because he's crazy? Because he wants us to choose to love him. Because love is a choice. Love is a choice. When we love God, it is, it is not out of obligation. It is not out of, because he's mean and he's forcing us. It is because we choose. And it is risky that God gave us this gift. It is a big risk that he took and he was willing to do it because here's the reality. Okay, Mason, you have the power of love, self-control. You've got the power. You can either keep this power or you can keep this power, okay? You can also use your power in your anger to violate Gage's freedom to be safe and unharmed. Like if, pretend like you're punching him, but don't really. I know you really, you really want to. Okay, so now here's what God did. Because of love, he put these parameters around love, okay? He's like, um, you know, the golden rule. Do unto others as you want done to yourself. Or the way God fr- framed it or phrased it was um, that one thing. Love God. <laughs> love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Basically, treat others as you want to be treated. So basically, Mason has the gift of freedom, okay? Up until the point that his freedom is going to violate Gage's freedom. Mason's freedom to be angry stops where Gage's freedom to be safe and unharmed starts. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying this is Mason's power, his love, his self-control has to end where Gage's freedom begins. You cannot, this is God's rules is I gave you this gift of freedom. Now I want you to manage it with love. I gave you this gift of freedom. I want you to manage it with love. The minute your freedom violates someone else's freedom, it's not good. It's not good at all. And that's when law intervenes. And I'm not going to tell you how I know this, but you could spend 12 hours in jail. Just 12. Just 12. Just 12. Okay. Just 12. No more, no less. I mean, I may know why. Before Jesus. Okay, so. So. So we're given these gifts. We've got our love and our freedom and our power, and we're given these gifts. So 
In God's mind, this is how he wants us to use our freedom and our power and our love is for good. And it is not to ever violate someone else's freedom. Okay, that's, that's the perfect, perfect world. But here is the deal. It does not always happen this way. In fact, daily, it doesn't happen this way. Don't air in the dirty laundry. I'm the dirty laundry error. Okay. So then what we do is, and this is where it gets really serious. Because when you're young and you're not taught to manage this, like if I'm super controlling of Mason and I'm constantly going to him being like, I'm taking your power away and I'm so mad at you and do, 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 and that's how I discipline him. He is going to grow up believing a lie that he is powerless and he is not going to walk around with his gift. Yeah, we're getting there. Don't, you don't jump ahead. You're so good. Gage always wants to know. He said, would he be a victim? I'm like, yes, but we're not there yet. <coughs> we're still going backwards in the train, Gage. Yes, back of that train up, Gage. Backing it up. Keep up. Okay, so this is the bad. So we can either parent in a way that's controlling, that we raise children into um, believing a lie that they're powerless and we strip their power from them. Another thing that can oops, I'll get this in a minute. Another thing that can happen is there can be abuse, like sexual abuse, or something that happens to you. I mean, it's real. You know, we can cross the line of freedom. And, and at a very young age, you can just be, your power can just be ripped from you in a moment, just in a moment. And because you're young, you do not know how to pick that power back up. You just don't. But there was a God-given desire that's inside of you that wants to have power, that wants to have freedom, that wants to have self-control. Because So you know what you do is you spend your entire life looking for your power. You seek it somewhere. I need to feel powerful. I need to feel powerful. It's in me. It's God-given. It's a gift. I know that I need it. I want it. And so here's what we do is we look for it in all the wrong places. And we begin to, when we believe a lie that we're powerless, we can do one of two things. And usually it's both things. And one of them is what we talked about two weeks ago, the codependent cycle, but I'm going to get there. But first, I'm going to talk about what we do when we believe a lie that we're powerless. We begin to lay our power down at the feet of idols. And you decide for yourself to what measure you lay down your power. But um, in here, I have like the peace card. Peace. Okay? Peace is one of our power things. I don't know. How many of you, when you want peace... You grab your phone and you get on Facebook. You have just taken a piece of your power and you willingly laid it down at the idol of your phone. You understand what I'm saying? So we can also, we've got joy, comfort, comfort. What, what do we do for, for comfort? Food. We go to Miss Kim's shop and we eat cupcakes. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we can eat that. Not every time. I'm not saying, you know. <laughs> what I do is I go to Charlene's shop and I drink a big, tall coffee. <laughs> 
Comfort. We lay it down at the idol of food to the point where it's just not good. Joy. What are some of the things we do to find joy? Music. Okay. Music. Uh, friends. Ah, oh, yes. Yes, joy. And, and you guys, listen. Let me tell you something. I know some of you are going, but friends aren't bad. But cupcakes aren't bad. But coffee's not bad. But this isn't bad. It is when it becomes an idol. And the Lord will show you if it has become an idol. If it's where you're running to, to find your only peace, your only comfort, your only whatever. So when you believe a lie, you're powerless. We lay our power down at the feet of idols. We can use food or sugar, television, games, exercise. I don't do that one. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Shopping. Pornography. It can move into full-blown sin. I, and, and when it comes to full-blown sin, we're not just laying down our, oh, our joy, our this. We literally are like, I am powerless. I am powerless to this sin. I don't even know. I can't even function. Drugs and alcohol. <clears throat> Many of you know my testimony that I was saved 11 years ago, and before that I was on a very horrible downward spiral, and I used drugs for many years of my life. And this is the point that I became... I. When I, was a, when I was drug addicted, when I started, I wasn't completely powerless. Now, I, I didn't, trust me, I, was, I grew up codependent, and I believed a lie that I was powerless. But I only, I just kind of used, I just laid my joy card down in front of drugs. You know, I was like, oh, I do this to have fun, and I'll just party every now and again. And it was more and more of my power I laid at the feet of the idol until eventually, literally, every bit of my power, every bit of my freedom, every bit of my everything was at the feet of the idol of drugs. And that's the state that I was in until the Lord came and rescued me. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but this is what we do when we believe a lie we're powerless. We either, we do this, we do the, 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 this one. Idols. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I'll give him this. Card. No, no. Cause they're still at the feet. He's going to have to go pick those up later. Okay, because I'm going out of order. Hold on, let me catch up on my notes. Give me a second. I got all that. Okay, so the next thing that we do when we believe a lie that we're powerless, and I'm going to head back to this in a minute, but the next thing that we do when we believe a lie that we're powerless is we we make an exchange of power with somebody else. Trade your powers. (laughs) we make an exchange of power and this is the codependent cycle so uh, maybe growing up you have lived um, in a relationship with your family and and your your power is constantly taken from you and you um Sorry, I'm. We make an ex- this exchange of power, and then what happens is, is we decide that my happiness. Gage, please stop tapping. <laughs> that my happiness is dependent on your behavior. Okay? 
So when we do that is when we fall into the roles as the, um, the victim, rescuer, or the bad guy. And so when you're growing up and your power has been taken from you, do you remember how I told you that, you know, something may have happened to Mason where um, I parented him in a way that caused him to feel like he was powerless? Then he, he is going to kind of not manage his power well. He's not going to realize that he is a powerful person. So he's constantly going to be handing it to people, you know, like, like here, Alger, tell me who I am. What manage my life for me? I don't know how to be. That's what that's what we end up doing when we believe a lie that we're powerless, and we do that in relationships. So we either do it with idols or we do it in relationships. So you can fall into the role of the victim, and the victim believes a lie that my job is to be pitiful and to get you to manage my life, happiness, or well-being, and my happiness is dependent on your behavior. So, sorry, Mason, if you're was I? Um, so if my happiness is dependent on your behavior, then Mason is constantly going to be looking to gauge for affirmation, to tell him what to do, for happiness, for um, affirming, what, whatever it is. It's just like, I, I'm a victim. I don't know what to do. Help me, you know? So the rescuer believes, we're going to say that Gage is the rescuer. Gage willingly exchanged his power with Mason, okay? So Gage is the, we'll call him the rescuer. And he says, my job is to control and manage you. My value comes from my ability to fix you or to help you. And my happiness is also dependent on your behavior. So they get in this gridlock of, of um, it, yes, this exchange of power that they have. And are you changing again? <laughs> and so, um, but they're in this, this agreement, of, quit it, <laughs> this mutual agreement that they are in um, this weird relationship where my happiness is in your hands and your happiness is in my hands. And so then there's the other role is when you stop making me happy, I resort to force. I use manipulation, control, anger, and punishment. And the bad guy usually forcefully takes back his power and keeps, and keeps his. So the bad guy is the controller, the manipulator, and you're basically left powerless in the moment when they turn into the bad guy. And so there's more on that from last week. But, um, mm. mm-hmm. Right. Yes. <laughs> I'm a, he's doing good. He's doing great. <clears throat> but the huge lie in the codependent cycle is, is that my happiness is completely dependent on your behavior. The victim believes my happiness is in your hands and your ability to fix me is where my happiness lies. And... The rescuer believes my happiness is completely involved in whether or not you listen to my advice. It's like it's, there's been this exchange of power. And so what we did last week, and we didn't realize how powerful this was, but what we did last week is we exchanged it back, or two weeks ago. Do you remember that? We, we made an exchange of power, and what we said was, I give back to you what is yours, and I take back what is mine. And what we did in that moment is we took back our power, and that was powerful. We took back our power. 
And so, did you do that? Okay, good. Okay, so, but this is it. If we were never taught how to manage our own power, and if we were never, um, and if we don't know, and if we believe this lie that we're powerless, taking back your power is really cool and all, but you can walk around with it, and it's really awkward. You don't know what to do, and you don't know how to act, or you don't know how to behave, realizing that my happiness, my self-control, my all of this is really dependent on me, and it has absolutely nothing to do with your behavior. You can flop like a fish out of water and throw a fit all you want, but my response is my responsibility. I don't have to be pulled by your manipulation anymore. I don't have to be sucked into what it is that you're doing because I'm powerful. I have my own power. I, I, I give, it was a gift from God, and I don't have to respond to you. I don't have to let you get me upset. I'm in control of me. You are not. I don't believe that lie anymore. And so when I was doing this and I took back my power, I think it was like back in December, I think I've been trying to walk this thing out, but I took back my power and I was like, well, this is awkward, you know, (laughs) I don't really know how to be. And so what I decided was that I was going to, um, I thought, okay, because I was always the victim. And so um, Chris was always the rescuer. So anytime he would ever try to help me, I would be like, be like, okay, wait, I don't want to be a victim. That means I don't ever receive help. So, no, I got this. You know, I would just turn into this, like, because, you know, I was confused. I didn't want to be a victim, and I thought, well, victims, they, they don't ever ask for help, ever. You know, well, I mean, they do, but if I don't want to be, then I don't ask for help. So, you helping me means that I'm a victim, so no, you're not allowed to help me. So, okay, and so then what I decided, I was like, okay, hate the victim role, hate the victim role. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rescue him from his rescuer role. That worked well. And I just turned into the bad guy, so then I just bullied my way out of being a victim. So then what I did, I was like, okay, this isn't working at all. So then I just ate sugar. I gained 10 pounds this winter. I am not kidding. So that didn't work out. So I didn't know how to balance my power very well. You know, I'm sitting here. Here, let me borrow your power. We'll pretend like it's mine. So here's me, and I'm all like, I don't, I don't know what to do with it. And I'm constantly like, you know, something happens, and I'm like, oh, okay, I lost it again. And, you know, and things happen. Like, life happens. Okay. So the thing that makes me lose my power more than anything is walking up my stairs. Don't say a word. Walking up my stairs and realizing that it is obvious that my children don't love me. Do you know why? Because it's messy. And I'm like, what is going on up here? And I get really upset. I lose my power because it's messy and I'm convinced that my kids don't love me. And I go to this place. And so I throw my power down at the feet of maybe an ugly fit. Or I try to give my power to them, and I say to them, I'm like, hey, Mason, my power is completely dependent on your ability to clean the upstairs. My happiness is completely dependent on your behavior. That's what I'm saying in that moment. That's what I mean by exchange of power. I go, oh, my happiness is completely, completely wrapped up in you and what you're going to do for me. So then... um, Then what I did was yesterday, okay, so this has been a week, 
let me tell you, of, you know, most of you know what's going on with my mom, and it's um, kind of, you know, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I mean, we're talking, because I've got this object lesson in my mind, right, and I'm holding on to my power like it's nobody's business. I'm like, okay, Shelly, you are a powerful person, and God has got this, and we're good, and so all this news is coming about my mom, and I'm, you know, I'm toppling with my power, and I'm, and I'm doing okay, up until I'm driving to Indianapolis, and I may or may not have stopped and got a really large sweetened coffee on the way, <laughs> as comfort, and um, so I'm driving, and I realize that I've taken the wrong exit. I forget that I'm supposed to get off on I-65 north, and so I'm going the wrong way, and I'm on 70, and it is rush hour traffic, and I have to tinkle <laughs> because I drank this really big coffee. And I'm lost in rush hour traffic because I got off on the wrong exit. I finally get off on Harding Street. And I, listen, you guys, my power, I just sent it straight out the window. I was like, where am I? I have no idea what I'm doing or where I'm going. And I'm flipping out. It's, uh, yeah, I was like, oh. And so, but I'm like, okay. But it wasn't long. It wasn't long that I lost it. I picked it right back up. I said, I am a big girl. I'm going to backtrack. I know what I did wrong. I need to find I-65 North. I'm doing this, you know. And so what I'm trying to say to you guys is that it's going to happen. You know, you're going to, your power is going to get knocked out of of your hands. I actually had, and because, um, because I'm so desperate for you guys to get freedom, I'm willing to be very vulnerable. And, um, I made the mistake two weeks ago of, um, don't ever listen to yourself public speak. Um, I, I did that, and I went, oh, oh that didn't, mm. you know, because you're critical of yourself. Do you know what I did? Me being my powerful person, I took my power, and I handed it to you guys. And I said, whatever it is that you think of me determines my worth, determines my power, determines my freedom. And that is not true. And the Lord is like, live it, girl. Take back your power. Doesn't matter. So there is this, it's, it's hard to manage. It's difficult. And I'm, I'm letting you know that the process of taking back your freedom and taking back your self-control and taking back your power, it is, um, it feels a little weird. And so, um, But it's allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to you when you've done it. Because when you are powerless, you can feel it. I mean, it is like, you know, like you you can feel it. I have a couple more things to say. And there is a whole, there's six pages of notes I didn't even get to. Um, Because this part is so important. Sometimes there are the same things over and over and over again that knock the power out of our hands. Financial stress. Um, Sickness. Um, Your children. Your spouse. (laughs) If you nitpick me one more time, I'm going to... I know he's... But there there are a lot of things that will cause you to lose your power. If you notice, if you notice that the same thing is knocking that power out of your hands and you are going around the same mountain over and over and over, 
Look at me. Do yourself and everyone around you a favor and get some help. Powerful people pick up their power and then they pick up their phone and they call Michelle Preble. (laughs) And they go, Michelle Preble, I am dropping my power every single time we have a financial crisis. I need some sozo. And she'll be like, sure, no problem. Let me get you set up with somebody or I'll send you to the Monday night class or I'll do whatever. Powerful people get help. Okay? Powerful people get help. Sozo is not just for the victims. It is actually for the powerful people who decide that they are going to not get stuck any longer. Because many times... Many times, you don't even know why you keep dropping your freedom. It is because something happened to you when you were four years old. And you, the enemy, got in there and he knocked the power out of your hands and you didn't even know. And you, you began from that moment on that you believed a lie that you were powerless. And all this time, you've been trying to find it. And you may go through your waves and your seasons where you really do have it, but then something happens. Boom. And it's gone again. We've got to, if you keep going around the same mountain over and over again, get some help. Do something about it. Figure it out. What lie are you believing? If, you're, if you, once you drop your power, it's because you believe a lie. There is a lie. I'm walking around. I walk upstairs. My kids don't love me. They won't clean the house. That's a lie. That is the lie. But I, that's what I believe. So I go, boom. I have no power. Kids don't love me. That's it. And so if you are going around the same mountain, you're believing a lie, you've got to figure it out. So do something about it and be powerful. Powerful people ask for help. Okay? If it's not for you, do it for the people around you. (laughs) For the love of Pete. I might be bullying you. Yeah. Okay, there's a whole lot more about, in this message, about what it looks like when you're powerful and you're interacting with somebody who's not. That comes up a lot. It's going to come up a lot. Um, you, if you decide to take back your power, you're going to realize that nobody around you has theirs and wants to manage theirs. And you need to know how to set boundaries. You need to know some language. You need to know how to be like, you know, well, here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> you're welcome to talk to me as soon as um, you can stop being disrespectful. Because I'm not going to lose my power. I'm not going to engage in this conversation. There's way more on that. I don't have time for it because it's noon. I think I might do the second half. If not, keep your love on by Danny Silk. Write that down right now. Keep your love on. Danny Silk is a really great and powerful book about keeping your power. Um, But you also want to um, study. And that's like, well... I have it on here. First Timothy, the first Timothy, um, first Timothy something, 317. And um, I was too good at my PowerPoint. There we go. Back in the train up again. First Timothy 1.7, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. 
Figure out what that power means. When you walk around with power, what does that mean? I have got a supernatural power that I walk around with. This, it was a gift from God. I don't have to let go of it. I've got the ability to solve my own problems. I have the ability to walk in self-control. I have the ability to love the unlovable. I have this ability. It's a gift from God. And if I'm not doing it, it's because I have dropped it. And if I've dropped it, it's because I believe a lie. And what is the lie that I'm believing? What is it that God wants me to get out of this situation? And so I want you to study that and 2 Corinthians 3.17. Because the Lord, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If you feel like you're confined and you're boxed in and you're trapped, the spirit of the Lord is not there. There's a lie you're believing. Okay? <clears throat> yes. It is 2 Timothy. I'm so sorry. Typo. I was at the hospital. Okay, so I was at the hospital when I was making this PowerPoint, and I was under so much stress. I was trying to be powerful. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Okay, so I want you guys to study that. And that's basically, that's basically what I want you to get from this is what does it feel like to have my power? What does it feel like when I lose it? If I have lost it, pick it back up. Pick it back up. And then go to the people you just ran over and repent. <laughs> yes. Yes. Deal, deal with what you've just done. But, but walk in power. Go and walk in power. I feel like that's it for today. Are you? Okay. Do you have anything to say or do? Okay. All right. Well, let's just stand up and we're going to pray. You can sit. <clears throat> All right. Father God, we just, God, we just come before you and we thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit actually preached this sermon during worship, that you are what makes us happy. Our happiness lies in you, you alone. It is not in our comfort food. It is not in our relationships. It is nobody's job to make me happy except for you and I. We are a team. My happiness and my joy comes from you. You are the source. And God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would just shower us with the revelation of what it looks like to walk in our power in this most precious gift and may we walk in it well may we walk in it in the boundaries of love may we walk in our freedom in the boundaries of love Lord show us what that looks like we want to be teachable Lord we want to know what that looks like help us to know what that looks like And Father God, when we are walking and we drop our power and we lose it, Father God, just, just show us. Let it be a tangible manifestation in our body. It already is. We know it. We can feel it. But Lord, begin to allow your Holy Spirit to correct us. Correction being steering us, you know, just a little turn of the wheel. It's steering us. It is not punishment. Punishment takes away power, but your correction just guides us and steers us allow us to in that moment we pick it up and we go and we clean up our mess whatever mess we made when we lost our power that we go and we repent and we make it right God just help us walk in your power 
this precious gift that we've been given so that we can walk in power, in our destiny, in our calling, in what you have for us, in what you have for this region, this city. God, we just submit to you and we just say yes. Just have your way in us, Lord. Show us how to manage this gift, Lord. We ask in your precious name. Amen.